0: in brightest day in blackest night all other podcasts tremble in fright chad bokelman i'm mark Mar- and this is the lantern cast episode 219 uh as you can probably tell by the music uh this is not really a lantern related episode and get used to it folks because since mark and i have taken over we have other interests outside of lantern comics and you know one current issue review episode a month uh and whatever random lantern stuff we we want to do, I feel like every now and then we can do a, an episode of something completely off kilter from our normal subject matter.
1: So no more lantern stuff ever, people. Get used to the new, the new vision we have.
0: That's right. Uh, lantern cast now means we we're we are going to be shining a light on other topics. So we're lantern, you know, whatever. <laughs> no, just kidding. And
1: next next month will be crocheting month, so get used to it. That's right.
0: Prepare now! Oh, all right. So, if you couldn't tell by the music, we are covering Avengers Age of Ultron. Now, last episode, we were thinking about maybe doing a little bit of talk, you know, non-spoiler talk or whatever, uh, or some spoilers in the, uh, regu- in the regular episode. But we decided against it, so if someone could listen to the, the full thing. Now, this is all going to be self-contained in its own episode, so if you haven't seen the movie... Then you probably want to shut off the podcast and go see the movie. <laughs> and uh, crawl
1: into a hole for a month or so, and then go,
0: go now. Yeah, but we figured we we, we figured we'd keep it a little self contained. So that being said, how do we want to do this, man? You want to just initial thoughts, or are we gonna you know kind of do a scene by scene breakdown, or like what do you, what do we want to do?
1: I know these are these little great little. Uh moments when people peer behind the curtain again when we you and I both realized we should have probably talked about this for 5 minutes before <laughs> yeah. um, I, I feel
0: i feel initial thoughts like that's
1: exactly n- where i was going so good at least we're on the same page so that's a plus right there
0: <laughs> well i feel like i mean you've been talking i mean I, I obviously i was excited to see the movie but it seems like you were a little more excited and had a little more detailed thoughts about it so why don't you go first what were your initial like overall you know self self-encapsulated thoughts well,
1: when we I went to go see the double feature of Avengers and, and Ultron on the Thursday night that it opened. So I and yes, I was I think it's probably true to, absolutely true that I was definitely pumped maybe a little bit more than you slightly, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> to go see Ultron. And I especially and this is some people disagree John Godwin you're one of them uh, apparently based on our conversations that after watching both of them back to back, I anyway still think the first one holds up really well, especially since it's been like three years and I've seen it so many times but it's been like a, it's been a while since i've actually seen it now in its entirety from beginning to end but I think the there's still the uniqueness I think of the original the specialness specialness I think still holds up and in a way maybe that kind of dampened my uh my impression of Ultron a little bit. And as we're recording this, I've only seen it once. I want to see it at least one more time in the theater. And I really should have not going to go into it, but multiple plans fell through over the weekend or else I would have seen it again before this episode that I think having, having to watch it right after the original, I think it kind of maybe showcased a little bit more why, why it doesn't, it still works, but it's not as unique and yes, because it's a sequel to the Avengers, and the Avengers was kind of an event movie because bringing everybody together for the first time. So you can't really capture that again. You just have to try to do something different with it. So while I understand that logically, it just like from I mean, creatively, I understand it. Just like it's almost like, in a way, this is the harder part to do when you know what the next part was. Going to, is going to be the Infinity War, which is going to be big and kind of going to be an event again because it's supposed to be bringing everybody into in the Marvel cinematic and and potentially the TV universe all all together to deal with Thanos and and everything else. So it's like in a way, this is kind of like the chapter that was always going to be a little tougher to do, but still, you were coming off a super popular first first part in the franchise, or culminating, you know, in the first in the end of the first wave. I liked it. I yeah. thought it was good. I thought there were really some funny parts to it. Again, I don't know how specific we should go during this part because I, I don't want to ramble on too long since we're doing initial thoughts. I'll throw it back to you in a second. But I think it was good. I liked it. I didn't like it as much as the first. I don't. I didn't like the final battle as much as I liked the one. In the original Avengers, though I thought for sure I was going to, because just Ultron and and Ultron and his Ultron army seemed much more interesting than than Loki, you know, Loki's army. But, but I think it was good. I think it, it was it was I don't know. There was something there to me. There was there was something missing in it, and especially and I can't even blame it on the critics because you would think all the since the reviews were a lot lower for. Age of Ultron than the original, you would think that would have lowered my expectation going into what to expect. So, if, if anything, I you would you would think I would have liked it maybe more than I would have, since I my expectations would naturally be lower. Now that everybody was saying, "Oh, it's not as good," it's not as good. But I would say I it's entertaining, it's enjoyable, but I don't think it's as good as the first one.
0: Yeah, um, I kind of have a polar opposite reaction a little bit. I think it's better than the first one. Uh I went to go see it uh when it opened Thursday night uh with a friend who had an extra ticket. Um saw it at a place called Alamo Draft House. I don't know if they have those anywhere else, but uh uh basically it's a it's a theater with really comfortable seating that also offers like dine in service, like you order, you know, a wrap or a burger, or, you know, draft beer, whatever. Um and that was cool, uh two D, not three D uh and i i really enjoyed it i think my favorite uh thing about it because i think i think avengers and avengers age of ultron are are both great movies in their own respect uh with avengers we were we've never had a team up movie like that uh or we may have but not quite as large uh in the past so it was really more of an experiment uh more of a uh you know people were going into it going well, if this if this comes out being a halfway decent movie, I'll be happy because at least they made that that many characters work. Um, this this time around, that formula has already been tested. There's more at stake here. Um, so to come out, so with, with there being more at stake for this you know quote unquote more at stake for this particular movie, um, and still coming out of the theater going, oh wow, that was really good. It kind of means more, at least in my mind, um, and. One of the things I really uh, wanted to highlight about the movie is in the first Avengers movie, my favorite scene, Bar None, and I'm I must every time I have the Blu-ray in my in my Blu-ray player at home, I replay this scene again and again and again when it comes up. The the, the, the quick pan during the Battle of New York, when it like pans from, you know, Black Widow to Cap and Iron Man and then Iron Man flies up and you see Hawkeye and then, you know, that that whole thing. Where it's like a, a really one continuous shot to the action at different character points throughout it, and it ends with you know Hulk and Thor taking down that big whale thing. Yes, um, that was that was my favorite scene uh, in that movie because it was very much. Oh my god, this is a comic book on the screen. I mean that that was very indicative of a panel to panel layout of of the action in a fight in a comic book, um, and it blew my mind that. It was done so well um, on the screen. Uh, and I was just like, you know, without physically putting panels uh, featuring action, you know, like in the orig- the, the first Hulk movie, uh, on the screen, that was as perfect of a comic book, you know, literally I'm watching a comic book movie interpretation uh, that I've ever seen. Now, in this movie, the characters are established, the rapport to some extent is established, you know, Cap and Black Widow, Iron Man and... Uh, uh, Iron Man and uh uh Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner. yes. Uh thank you. And uh, you know, Falcon and Cap and, you know, all, all these other characters, they're they're they've worked together. They're 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 already a team from from word go. Uh there's no need to establish uh an initial animosity or or, you know character beats anymore those are already there so this is this is the uh, a movie that's already very set up in in established continuity and that's something i really enjoyed because this movie more than and i'm talking all superhero movies this movie more than any other movie made me sit back at the very end of this movie and go holy shit like And it's not just because it's a good movie, it's... Okay, in the first movie we had Thor and Iron Man and Cap and and Hulk and Black Widow and Nick Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D. and all these other things. And that was great, that was cool. And at the time I was thinking, holy crap, we're seeing all this live action on screen. But for whatever reason, it hit me even more during this movie that... Let's put aside everybody else's criticism. You, you know, if, if, if you have criticism, Mark, or if the listeners have criticism, you put all of that away. Just think for a second. We got a live action movie with not just Hulk, Thor, Cap, all this other stuff. We got Vision. We got Scarlet Witch. We got Quicksilver. We got Ultron. We got Shield. We got Helicarries. We got Wakanda. We got Claw. I mean, we got these names that know, like, maybe the general public had heard of thor occasionally whether it be norse mythology or you know a cartoon or whatever these these bigger names people have heard of but scarlet witch vision wakanda like do you guys realize all of that was in a live action movie that didn't suck and i don't mean not just wasn't a wasn't a terrible movie was a really good movie they crammed so much stuff that the general public has probably never once even heard mention of into one movie and we came out the other end going, that wasn't all that bad. And not just we as comic book fans, but the general public. Like, if ever if I, if, if ever I have felt like we are living in a golden age of live action comics on the screen, it was walking out of Age of Ultron. Because I was just like blown away that not only I as a comic book fan could see all of this, not just characters, but concepts, vibranium and Wakanda and you know all this other stuff being mentioned on the screen. But I can be watching it side by side with people who have never heard of these names or places or things ever in their lives. And we both come out of that theater going, holy crap, what a great movie. Like, I just... (laughs) That was ridiculous to me to just, I was, I was, and again, I, I'm in your, I'm in your same boat, Mark. I've only seen it once. And I don't wanted to see it again, but financial situation hasn't allowed me to do so yet. Um, but I just, I, I will give it a critical eye. I will look at it a little more and, and break it down. And I'm sure after several viewings, uh, not just in theaters, but after it comes out on Blu-ray DVD that, uh, that I will probably have a more critical eye and a little more of a an elaborate opinion on it later on. But I feel like that initial awe is going to stay with me. More than any other comic book movie, uh, and I don't mean just in terms of quality, I just mean in terms of, oh my god, this is happening on the screen. In pure awe factor, Age of Ultron is is number one for me.
1: Yeah, I'm... I'm... When I see it a second time, I'm i am I'm, like I said, I try to, I really try to be fair in general across the board. But when I, when it comes to criti- critiquing something, especially something when I come, there's some movies when I go out, when I go out, of when I come out of it and when I'm going out of it that day, I know that it's kind of like, I'm kind of like, I'm not entirely sure what I think of it yet. There's just, and some of that it has to do with expectation, some of that doesn't. I think it depends on the circumstances in the movie. Maybe uh might come might also boil down to how much I have emotionally invested into the series or the characters and then it, and again and you know your your enthusiasm towards the movie going in does have a lot to do with it. So I did want to I do want to see it again because it's very possible that some of these things that bothered me about it uh even though it's it's hard to put your finger on every on, there are some things that you know there's some things that I I know like I didn't I thought could have been handled better, but there. But it's just an overall, like it's an overall feeling I have. It's just something, and I mean, I, I like the fact that yes, they're they're established as a team, so that's so that part I did like, and 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 they are working together more, and and they know each other better, and it's just like I, the beginnings, the beginning scene when they're going after Loki's scepter, I like. I thought that was I thought that was done well. Seeing the seeing basically what their status quo is now, knowing. That this that they've they've worked together that that they have kind of like an an mo of how they approach these things including how they use the Hulk how they don't use the Hulk how they st- <laughs> how they get rid of the Hulk when it's time to to de- <laughs> to get them get calm again all these little things I, I I did like that I did like the fact that you know kind of like we had talked about before more or less that uh that that the image that we saw of all the Avengers being laid out and the broken shield and everything of Cap was definitely, definitely not something that actually occurred in this movie as far as, as you know, the events thereof that, that those scenes are supposed to represent. That that kind of fell into place the way I, I think we had talked about and kind of figured it was going to. That that was the vision, no pun intended, that was shown Tony Stark by Wanda about the future essentially that the avengers were going to be destroyed and he more or less because he didn't do enough he didn't do enough to save them but your core the, the one thing i didn't one thing i did, didn't like is that even when you read the synopsis of the movie they talk about how you remember you probably read it too how they talked about how tony stark you know kind of like he went back to uh revisit a long dormant project or whatever a defense project or which is supposedly i guess the the ultron concept mm-hmm. and they really don't touch upon that at all in this movie About like that, that it's that it's an that it's really a like an an older, older, older program that they've like really gone back into, and they've been tinkering around with. You kind of just kind of see it more as an extension of what what Tony Stark was doing in Iron Man three, having suits of armor that could operate independently, and it's kind of taking it to the next level. And with Ultron himself, Spader did a good job with Ultron, and he was really and he was really really funny in kind of the. Complete and like the you know like the little kid unbalanced kind of way, mm. just the way he you know, he was you know he was super intelligent and had some deep deep thoughts deep thoughts that he had to express. But yet you you, you, you piss him off the right way, he'll act like a five year old and, and lash out, even when he doesn't mean to lash out. <laughs> like when he rips off Claw's arm. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> that was really funny. Oh oh oh! I'm, I'm sure that'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of like walk it off, walk it off. So, I, I, so I thought he did a good job being Ultron. I don't think they did enough with Ultron. To a certain extent, I think, I think they could have done more. I think they could have. I, I think it would have been cooler if they used a, if he had used the vibranium on him too, on himself, which they kind of, which we kind of thought they were going to. Right. In like uh, in the trailers, I think they're supposed to. There, it was designed to make you think that he was like going to bathe himself in the vibranium, which would make him, phys, you know, physically impervious and things like that. But that really was not, you know, part. Of, unless you want to count what they were doing with the vision as kind of like an extension of, of that, since that was ideally going to be his final body. But and I, I don't know. Is it's a fine line because in a way, I mean. Loki's got such great personality, and that made him. And that really, to me, made him more of a, more of the, more of a big threat than than what his physical power set was. And Ultron, you would think, would kind of be the opposite. That you would think it would just be is what he could bring to the table, because we know classic Ultron would be physically able to more or less go to toe go toe to toe with almost everybody, and not have an issue. And yeah, you got to. And yes, you have to weaken. You have to let, lessen that for a movie for multiple reasons, also because if you have one villain who can literally stand up to the entire Avengers physically, which of course, on some level, I guess we're going to be getting once we get once we get to Thanos, but in general terms across the board, that if you, you have too many of those villains where they can stand up against everybody, kind of like Doom being able to stand up physically against the entire Fantastic Four, it just makes the heroes look weaker, despite the fact that we know it's because the villain is so awesome, it just makes the heroes kind of look weaker by it. so. In a way, they kind of had to weak. They had to, you know, modify Ultron's power set, and then, of course, have the gazillion Ultron bots, which are kind of like the clone, kind of like not the the uh, the battle droids and the prequels. Just, uh, just the way uh, you need something that you can destroy with guns and lightsabers and rip apart that without blood <laughs> being
0: everywhere.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think. I think. I think the strongest parts of the movie to me overall was the interpersonal relationships between the Avengers. So in a way it wasn't that my complaint certainly wouldn't be that all that there weren't enough action scenes or I didn't not or even that I didn't like the action scenes. I think the stuff that I did, I I think the stuff that I really liked and appreciated the most were, you know, the when you got to see the interactions between the the avengers of the relationships that we know have been established by seeing them in other movies and then the relationships that we really haven't seen but now we're kind of just seeing their natural you know the, the way they to get along with each other i thought that was i thought that was one of the strongest points of the movie as fo- you know from a structural point of view um i'm trying to think and, a, and the vision of course the vision was the vision was done really well mm mm-hmm. I might I wonder I wonder since they obviously gave they gave him sport of course this whole issue is like sport episode is like spoiler alert so I don't really think we have to say anything right. in a particular points uh the idea that they that they gave they gave him the, the mind gem as his power his power source or his uh in his head as opposed to like a solar gem I just wonder if, if that if down the road somewhere during the infinity war since you know all uh Thanos is going to need that that maybe they will replace it with something else. That maybe he will get a solar, the solar gem to be able to charge himself up and essentially use, if not all the powers that he has now, more along the powers that we're used to the vision having anyway. I think that might be even that might be something because of his intelligence and his power set that maybe he even comes up with as a backup on his own. And that might be he might be the one who designs that. And what did you think? Speaking of the speaking of the vision, what did you think about the whole hammer thing?
0: Oh, I thought that was fine. I thought it was awesome. Uh, someone someone to actually today, uh, Michael Bailey, I think, uh, uh, posted this on on Facebook that he saw uh, Avengers again, and he more more than anything, he's now convinced, at least in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that in terms of personality and morality and stuff, that Vision. Uh, is very much the Superman of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, Not necessarily in power set, but just in pure, you know, uh, good old boy personality, morality, and the way he views the world kind of a thing. Um, So it it makes sense to me, when put in that context, that a personality like that would be able to lift the hammer.
1: Now I think, now what's interesting is, from that point of view, It's kind of he, as he himself alluded to when he's when he was about to finish off Ultron, that you know he that I was born yesterday, that he that he is literally brand new in the world. So the question becomes: He is worthy to move beyond whether you know, we think that's a good idea or not. I mean, for a second, that's irrelevant. The point is, he is physically capable of lifting the hammer now because he's worthy. The question is: After he be, he is around and and lives longer is he still going to remain worthy uh
0: i don't know i think you would know better than i because you've actually read comics with a vision in it uh whereas i to my knowledge have maybe very limited experience i wouldn't be surprised if my total uh vision experience in the comics adds up to uh, a trade's worth uh if that um but uh you know i just think that in terms of I honestly, because of the amount of sheer knowledge he has, uh, the second he's born and I, and I don't, it's, it seems like he has formed his own morality at this point. Like, and it's not, it's kind of hard to say because, you know, uh, taking your approach, it's more like he's an innocent child, uh, and you know, an innocent child would be worthy. You know what I mean? That, that sort of uh pure-hearted naivete whereas I don't know if you could consider yes he was literally just born but his his intellect the things he knows cuz he he's he's accessing not only the internet uh and every bit of information that's out there but he's also accessing he's parts of Ultron and parts of Jarvis and parts of the Mind Gems uh AI and oh you know all these other things and yet, with the sheer amount of knowledge he has and, you know, has access to and, and knows about, he still comes out the other side being this moral center. You know, kind of like, you know, how they describe uh, John Jones' uh, Martian Manhunter as the heart of the Justice League. Vision is very much the heart of the Avengers. Uh, I know that much about the Avengers to know that. Uh,
1: well, the, I, I agree. I mean, it's from, from, a com- from a comic book point of view... If you were gonna really look at the Avengers and look at who the who the heart and soul of the team is or are, the two people, the two characters I think you would gravitate towards are Cap and, and the Vision. And the vision is always in like we've talked about, I think, in fleeting on this show before. It's interesting that the Vision would be the heart and soul of anything as far as really, because he's not really alive. He's not really a human being. So for him to for him to encapsulate or represent kind of like everything that the Avengers are supposed to be about. And what's important is kind of a, an interesting concept, but we also know in the comic books, his mind, you know, he, he, his brain patterns are based on, on, you know, on wonder man. They're based on a human being. And yes, you can kind of, and you could try to make the case in a way they're kind of like that too, because he obviously had part of Stark from whatever Jarvis got into him. And then of course, also we have to factor in, you know, what, what he could have gotten from Thor when Thor was power, you know, was Blast them with the lightning, but it depends what they do with Vision too, because you know even though it was just a one a, a fleeting scene, which could have been like a one off thing, it or just again like another uh, service to to fans. The fact that when when we see him rescue Wanda, that one scene when he comes down, and he rescues Wanda and he takes off, that could also imply that they will go down that road to establishing you know a relationship between the Scarlet Witch and Vision. And if they do that, by the by, f- the, the more emotion you tap into, is that going to make you that will at least open the door where you may not be worthy anymore?
0: Well, even an android can cry.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> <That> was, yes, <laughs> yes, very, very nicely added in. <laughs> You're
0: welcome. Uh, no, I just, I think, I think, uh, you know, aside from the whole comedic debate about the, you know well technically vision's a machine and if you put an the Thor the Mjolnir down in an elevator the elevator goes up is the elevator worthy (laughs) Whole, whole comedic aspect of it from the movie um I think that I think that there's and I'm not saying that you said this but I'm just saying I think there's more to the vision being worthy because of his experience and his his emotion because it's just It's not as simple as he is just born and therefore doesn't have enough experience to be really corrupt or you know anything like that. I think there's more to it than that. Plus, we don't because the the main problems I have with this movie are more um, uh, uh, company related than script related. Like for instance. I agree with lots of people that the whole Thor side plot towards the end of the movie was really disjointed. Well, evidently there was a great many bit of uh, extra scenes cut out of that. Um, That would have made it make more sense. Um, You know, and uh, supposedly the director's cut of this movie, uh, if there is one uh, after it's out of theaters, will be an extra 40 minutes of footage. Um, So I think my issues with that would be very much solved after, after that comes out. But, we don't really know what Thor saw in terms – in relation to the Vision. Like, you know, did he just see that the Vision is – needs to be created and he will help defeat Ultron? Or did he get a, a glimpse into, quote-unquote, the soul of, of, of Vision? You know what I mean? Right. So the fact – you know, it – Yes, Thor has a a role in in bringing him to life, and we don't know what was transferred from Thor to Vision, if anything. But it was enough for Thor to come flying into the damn uh, Avengers Tower and, you know, throw everyone aside and shoot some lightning into Vision, power him up, and then tell everyone to stand down the second he was born. Um, and then, uh, you know, Thor knows enough about otherworldly stuff to. It's it's not so much just that thor trusts him the second vision picks up the hammer i think it's also very telling that for lack of a better term thor is the one to trust him like i think everybody despite their joking around and trying to play around picking up the hammer in that one scene i think a good many of them know that it's it's a it really is what thor says it is you know only the worthy can pick it up at the very least maybe like cap or something i don't know um Maybe not the whole team. Like probably Stark is one of the few that's that's actually you know legitimately skeptical of anything mystical, magical like that. But I think it's because of Thor's experience, because of his understanding, um, because of his total belief and uh, founded belief, because it, it is technically real magic. Um, for whatever you want to call it, based on the, the first Thor mo- movie, where right I was thinking where, that as you were saying, where, where he says, you know, I come from a place where they're one and the same i I think that there is there is still a mystical part to the Marvel universe and there is one because we're gonna be getting the Doctor Strange movie um and you know we've already had Wanda uh in there so that regardless of what her power set is they're they're kind of, they never you notice they never really explain it they never really explain the the twins powers um in the movie no, now did, no,
1: not, not yeah they 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 give you the they gave you the raw you know, the raw basics and then they kind of be bq with you know that he's fast she's weird that kind of thing
0: yeah he's fast is more science ish y but hers was you know very much sidestepped so it they're they're leaving it open that it could be part mutant slash inhuman slash magic based like they're leaving the room and I think that's intentional um, so I think I think the, there's room for the mysticism all this to say Thor understands and has a relationship with Mjolnir as such that the second anybody can pick that thing up, I mean, he just, I got nothing else to say, I don't give a damn what happens, this is somebody I can trust. Like, you notice that him and, he just immediately trusts Vision after that point, point. and I think that was an awesome way, uh, not only to do it, because this is one of the things that's been commented on all, all, widely online, is people talking about the runtime of the movie and how much it was cut down, I think it was, you know, just like other people online, I think it was a very smart way of us coming to trust the vision and then getting straight into the action without having another 20, 30 minutes of, you know, well, we don't trust him. Well, why should we trust him? And, you know, this whole thing by having having him simply pick up the hammer. We, you know, all right, that's it. We trust him. Let's move. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, So I think, I think... I think him picking up the hammer was well done. I think it was deserved, and I think uh, I think I think he really is worthy, um, uh, and I think he'll stay worthy regardless of how long he's around.
1: Now, the other thing that relates to the hammer is related to Cap, because ultimately, see, this is where and this factors in to me thinking possibly, and yes, and anybody out there, the vision along with cap are my two favorite Avengers. So it's not like I don't, I'm not, if somebody had to pick up the hammer be- besides Thor before cap, I'm glad it was the vision. I just still question whether that, I question it, but then I'm looking, I'm looking forward and thinking that there's re that they're still building towards a part in, in the infinity war when cap is going to be one lifting the hammer.
0: Oh yeah. I, without a, and, without a doubt, things are going to come down to crunch time. So, Someone's either going to be seriously wounded, gone, or dead. Probably dead. It's going to be down to Thanos and Cap. And if 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 Cap and maybe a couple of other people, but I'm kind of thinking Thanos and just Cap. And Cap's going to be like, well, what the fuck am I going to do against this guy? And he will pick up Thor's hammer. Like, it's not... Because it, remember, a lot of people were saying, like, in the original Avengers movie... One of the things missing, it would have been cool if Thor just maybe dropped the hammer and Cap just without even thinking, just picks it up and tosses it back to him, and they you just you know, you see this look on Thor's face, like, holy crap, and then they get right back to fighting. How much better would it be to, you know, see this man you 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 agree is the leader of the Avengers and this this old soul and, and blah 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 go from being this really uh, humble, awesome, you know, uh, patriotic guy. To the next movie, he's the leader of the team. To the next movie, he budge's the hammer, and then finally at the end, all seems lost. He doesn't give up, and then he can just pick up the hammer. You know what I mean? Like there's an evolution there. I think an evolution is better than just Cap randomly, all oh, the, yeah. the I, whole I, time being worthy. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: The the the, the well, see, that's a that becomes more of a philosophical debate because about whether if you like you talked about you think the – like you, the vision is worthy, and you think he'll remain worthy, and and the i, and along with Cap, it's like if you, Cap should be essentially worthy or ready to lift the hammer, and it's not like his personality is going to change or the essence of who he is is going to change dramatically enough to make him to make him worthy. What you know, there's not a such there's not a huge evolution in who he is realistically that we're going to see that makes him not worthy enough now to be able to lift it but he will it could, i know from a plot point of view it'll probably it'll probably be in like a self-sacrifice kind of moment almost and that's probably based on circumstance why it'll work but again working on the concept that if you were if that if you're worthy now you should don't you should still be worthy unless you do something completely horrible to make yourself not kind of like the way thor kind of acted like so much like a jerk that odin kind of like set forth you know the events of the first movie the first thor movie well
0: i don't mean to cut you off but you have to remember in the first thor movie the i don't want to say curse but the 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 hex on the 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 hammer isn't put on the hammer until midway through the movie it's like, you know it's it's only after thor is banished that odin then puts the caveat on Mjolnir that only the worthy can pick it up
1: well that is true but the that is true, but at that point, Thor has not. Thor has not is on a journey that he hasn't completed yet because he has to basically find. He has to basically humble himself and find him, put himself in a position where he, you know, he is willing to throw himself out there and sacrifice himself, even when he doesn't, even when he realistically knows there's no way he can win. As opposed to normally, when he just thinks he can beat everybody.
0: Well, no, that's, that's what I'm saying though. Is is when he's in Asgard about to take the throne and all of this other stuff before he gets banished down to earth there is not the caveat that to wield Mjolnir you have to be worthy so it's not like he was worthy and then became unworthy and then became worthy again
1: it, I kind of well I I I would interpret that differently I think he, I think he when he first had the hammer he, as from, at least from Odin's point of view, he was worthy, and then by his behavior, Odin thought he was unworthy, and, he, and that's why he set him upon that journey. But, it, but either way, the point is that I don't think Steve changes that much from point A to point B, where if he that he shouldn't be able to lift the hammer now. And yeah, he he did budge the hammer, and I know some I, some people have also speculated. Not that I buy into this really that that thought, that Cap realized he could move the hammer but he just chose not to at that point because he knew basically it would show, it would show Thor up at that point and that's not who cap is I don't buy it but it's an interesting concept that, that's the reason why he budget was because Steve realized he could he could actually lift it at that point
0: um I think I think cap is a great guy I do I think he's 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 a definitely an old soul a hero a good guy in these movies however I don't agree with you that he's worthy right now. Purely because okay, if we if we had Cap as we saw him in Captain America the First Avenger, and Thor was around at that time, I think maybe he would be able now I'm not saying I'm not saying that and I'll have to go back and listen once we post the episode. Did I say that if you if you're worthy to pick up the hammer, you should be worthy from thenceforth? Or do I did I just say vision will be worthy no you no him. you no you
1: no you you just said the vision but okay. i'm just I'm, I'm just kind of like using that it just as a concept okay. to say that i don't know if i don't know if um...
0: okay i think i think in terms of cap i think vision is from you know he's worthy he's going to be worthy i think cap is a little different if we had thor around during captain america the first avenger that cap would have been able to pick up the 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 hammer however cap has lost so much. And in reality, Cap hasn't been in the new era, the, this this new time frame, you know, the man out of time concept really that long. I mean, yeah, it's probably been what? Maybe 2 years would you say? Um something like that. 2-3 yeah. years.
1: Yeah, I think I think somewhere in the Avengers I thought in Ultron they kind of gave it they kind of alluded to how long that they've been that they've been together. But yeah, it, just you can we can just say realist just based in real time if just between the movies if you want that realist that it couldn't have been you know more than you know three years or so right or take from, from one Avengers through to the next.
0: Now I know it's a very simplistic view because the world has always had shades of gray. But I think the world that Cap grew up in, the way he viewed the world, the way he interacted with the world, and in in in, in, uh, in during World War II uh, in the Marvel Universe, I think that was a very, for lack of a better term, and in, in kind of a naive approach, a black and white world. Um, and they even say it in Winter Soldier about those shades of gray. And I think that that was very much indicative of the the world that Cap has been thrust into, not only is there all this technology and this new way of thinking and you know all these other things, but the world he's in is even more morally not the world he left behind. And I think that Cap even now is struggling with that. I I see scenes of Cap acting uncertain sometimes, um, or or uh, very curmudgeonly, like an old guy. You know, really really set in his ways, and it bites him in the ass sometimes. And I think I think that Cap, as you know, deep down as a man, is worthy. But I think that on the surface, he's. He's confused and he's unsure and he's not sure what his place is in this new world or even if he belongs. Like, I kind of get the feeling that if Steve Rogers, this Steve Rogers, even up until the end of Age of Ultron, if this Steve Rogers was presented with the opportunity to go back in time and just live out the rest of his days, you know, back in the place where he grew up and finish out World War II and, you know, do all this stuff and change his history, he would. And it's not just for Peggy. I just think that this Cap doesn't feel like he belongs and he's in a state of confusion. And I think that once Cap has found his place, that Cap is worthy.
1: I can see that. And
0: I'm not saying that this, I'm not saying Cap as he is now isn't worthy. I'm just saying that it's so far deep down in the core of who he is, but there's all this other confusion layered on top of it that he's just not certain and he's not as confident and he's not as sure of what his definitions of right and wrong are i mean he may know deep down but he's not sure how it fits in this new world or even if it matters anymore and when you're that fundamentally unsure i kind of feel like that person while again deep down worthy unless you're your, your your morality is defined, you know, the whole absolutely, you know, power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely kind of a thing. You put that power in someone who's, the power of Mjolnir, the power of Thor, in someone who's, who's worthy, but not sure mistakes can be, can and will be made. You know what I mean? I, it's, I'm, I'm you know, we're just now getting into this. So it's not like I have a real defined <laughs> thought process on this, but you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I understand where you're going with it. Okay and it makes and it and what you're saying does make sense it's it's kind of i think part of what at least when i'm looking at it it's kind of hard to sometimes it's hard to separate the stuff you know about cap not just from not beyond even beyond the movies it's you know just looking into the books that it's kind of hard to separate the two sometimes right and i think that but it's also that you do know that yes while he while he kind of is lost he's kind of is struggling to find his place and where he belongs i think I guess it's that part of me that the essence of who he is the nobility of who he is hasn't really changed and I don't think it and I don't know if it and I I think maybe the circumstances they end up putting him in become bigger and but it might end up being again like I said it might very well be in a like a moment of that maybe he becomes quote unquote more worthy in a moment of you know the ultimate sacrifice, kind of like Thor became worthy again of the hammer when he was willing to stand up to the, the destroyer when he had no powers, and he knew he was going to die, or he knew he was going to die, but he did it because you know he did what he needed to do, not just to appeal to Loki, but he was willing to take his medicine if it didn 't work mm-hmm. that, that that could very well be a similar similar way to how they end up having cap have the hammer, but it might also be but the reason one the reason why I mentioned about the, whether they threw out the concept about whether the vision was going to stay worthy, is because you could end up in a position where you think that the vision is going to be the one to be able to carry the hammer and do what needs to be done, but but something's changed in him. Even if it's just something that happens during the Infinity War, something ha- something changes in him, whether it relates to Wanda or not, or something something makes him less you know less noble. Maybe he's rage-filled, whatever. Something that, at least, even if it's temporarily, that take, makes him unworthy to wield the hammer. And then it's kind of like, okay, well, we're kind of screwed here because we need somebody to do it. And that's when, it, and that's when Cap ends up having his moment to do it, because they've kind of set this. Besides, you know, having the the initial payoff of the hammer lifting game, having the you know the Vision lift it, that, because now they also put that that thought into your head that oh, if they need to, if somebody needs to wield the hammer that. You know, but until they unless they introduce or until they introduce other characters like you know Beta Ray Bill or anybody else into the oh god the I would love that I would too. Like, <laughs> whether it's in god, that'd be cool in Guardians too for him to be like introduced maybe in Guardians and then eventually that's another possibility too if he gets introduced in Guardians in the sequel and and somehow he ends up if if Guardians and the Avengers do come together in the Infinity War that maybe that's he that could be his moment. You know, too, to to wield the hammer at some point. Mm-hmm. But until that, everybody right now will think, "Oh, yeah, you know, the Vision will be able to lift the hammer. The Vision has lifted it before." But because of whatever journey the Vision goes on, maybe he won't be able to do that anymore. Maybe that'll almost be like a twist, and that will finally lead, you know, lead to Cap having his moment to 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 wield the hammer. But you know, it's it isn't it is interesting. But the other thing, and the other thing that makes me think just from a structural point of view or a writing point of view that we certainly of, of the core Avengers that we haven't seen the end of the whole hammer thing was like you mentioned about the elevator going up and that kind of the way they're still joking about it at the end. The fact is they've already seen the vision lift the hammer and they've seen him wielded. But yet between Cap, Thor, and Iron Man, they still keep having their debate cause that, because as far as they're concerned, whether they're just busting on Thor entirely or whether there's more to it, that there's still that... It hasn't really been answered to them about you know about about the hammer, so it's that's still kind of out there in a way as an open-ended plot point, which seems to again imply that somebody else will somebody else that we know from the team is going to be able to lift it, which we know if there is, it's almost it pretty much has to be Cap at this point. <laughs> and I th-
0: and I think I think another part of it is you have to consider the Avengers interaction with quote unquote magic uh, in the universe as of thus far so in the okay let's go let's go character by character uh so iron man in the iron man movies there is no magic whatsoever um i'm trying to think just just going really quickly in my mind the plot points um no 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 so we had we had iron monger we had uh whiplash and then we had the extremist thing so no that's all science um in, in avengers yes you had loki scepter but that opened a portal to another section in space, which is, as uh, Tony, I'm sure knows, is scientifically a the- you know it's it's a theory. It's a real theory that you know uh, it's. Um, I think it's called a tesseract, and I and I know they call the 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 cube. cosmic cube a tesseract. But that's that's really the definition of a tesseract. Let's say. Uh, uh the milky Way galaxy is one end of a string and the other side of space not just the other side of the galaxy but the other side of space is the other end of the string a lot of people would think that you have to travel the length of the string to get to the other side a tesseract is bringing those two pieces of string together so all you have to do is cross that little divide that's what a tesseract is um and which is a scientific theory it's 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 for for a long time in science fiction it's been the way to cross the point cross the the faster than light travel thing you know
1: wormhole theory essentially
0: yeah you can't you can't go faster than light because at the speed of light mass is infinite and no living matter can survive that so you circumvent the speed of light via wormhole tesseract whatever um so that's all you know at the very least from Tony's point of view in his movies and his his experience this is all very much science based. Hulk still no science uh, still science based there. Thor um, Thor's the only one who's dealt with magic and even though in in, in his realm they're kind of both interchangeable. Um uh, it, but I still would say Thor's the only one of them that has an experience with magic. Um Cap uh it's all new to him, but it's all very much explainable. So this what I'm getting at is I think the whole meal and we're really breaking this down. <laughs> but but I think the yeah, whole And we
1: didn't think we'd have anything to
0: talk yeah, about. <laughs> the, the the whole the whole meal near thing. I think once we get around to Infinity War, and maybe even Captain America Civil War, though I don't know if Thor is going to be in it. Uh, by the way, they announced, guys, that basically everybody you saw in Age of Ultron, plus some, is going to be in Civil War. Um, Actually, that was
1: – yeah, not to cut you off real quick, but I think even, it's good to show that despite the fact that they announced that 3,000 different people that were in that movie, they sold s- – Threw out a couple of people that the, that you didn't know about, or you and you weren't and weren't weren't confirmed, and are kind of like surprises, like Paul Rudd being in it as Ant Man. It's not a huge surprise, but it certainly wasn't confirmed, right? And bringing back William Hurt as Thunderbolt Ross, which is way overdue. That's a, that was a very
0: nice surprise. God, I hope they go Red Hulk. If they go Red Hulk, I'm gonna shit myself. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> hope, hope, we, we don't want to go there again, Chad. <laughs> sorry, sorry, whatever. It's okay,
1: but but it's a nice sentiment though. We know, we know why you went there, but the idea. But I don't know if they'll do it in this movie. But I, I do hope they. It would be awesome if they did it, though.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, what I'm getting what I'm getting at is, even in the Avengers movies, because Tony took out the mind gem from Loki's scepter, what did he do? He scanned it. Him and Banner scanned it, and they found AI. To Tony, even though it's the mind gem. It's still very much science-based. Okay, so with Loki Scepter and the Cosmic Cube slash Tesseract slash, I guess, what was that, the Space Gem? Is that they, they said that the Cosmic Cube was, the Space Gem? I think so. It would have to be, since it's a Tesseract. Uh, regardless, those are the two uh, gems that they've had experience, direct experience with, both scientifically explainable. Okay. I think by the time we get to either... Unless Thor is somehow in a Civil War and plays a big part or whatever... I think we'll have to wait till Infinity War. By the time we get around to Infinity War... Presumably, Thanos unites all of the rings. I mean, all, all of the gems. And once we get to that point... The Avengers... Including Tony and Cap... Are going to be so overwhelmed by the sheer amount of power. And... I'm assuming Doctor Strange will have some sort of an interaction with them before then, that whether it's Doctor Strange or Thanos, one of those two is going to have to convince them (laughs) that magic exists. Because uh, two out of the six Infinity Gems, Tony's got a scientific explanation for or thinks he does. When all six are united, it's just going to be way too much for him to even comprehend and by that point, things like Mjolnir only being able to picked up, be picked up by those who are worthy is just going to be something they accept. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: That's, that is true.
0: <laughs> like right now, everything that they've experienced that we could classify and can classify as Marvel fans and comic fans as Marvel cosmic slash mystical, Tony could and, and Cap theoretically could come up with a scientific explanation for but by the time they experience all the rest of it, no way. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's true. So let's get that. let because we we talked Thor, Cap, and Iron Man. So what about uh, Vision? Envision. Envision. Oh, Vision. Okay. So what about? Um, we'll get to the twins, but what about uh, Black Widow uh, and Hulk, and then you know to a lesser extent Hawkeye?
1: They did a good job with Hawkeye from a character arc, arc point of view, especially because. And in a way, they, and we know Whedon did this on purpose. Now at this point, to kind of purposely hint that Hawkeye was going to be the one that was going to die, because by giving him more of the backstory and making him more, giving him giving him more to lose, so making it set up like, oh yeah, he's got to be the one that, bite, that you know that bites it. But in a way, Hawkeye, at least based on from a power set point of view, you can make a you could make a case. Black Widow, though I guess in this widow in this widow in this movie, they kind of imply that there's more to her powers too. Uh, that Hawkeye really, on paper, is the most expendable of the of the core group, based on his power set. Like you said, he's just a guy with a bow and arrow. <laughs> so, but they did a good they did a good job, I think, making him a lot more likable and making him more critical. Almost like in this movie, you could make a case he was kind of like the heart and soul of the team, at least as a as a cap is a moment in time, just a brief capsule encapsulated that he's he is this mo- in this film, at least part of it he kind of takes takes
0: over that mantle kind of a behind the scene like vision is a very surface level heart of the team whereas well maybe hold, hold on vision is the heart of the team hawkeye is the glue
1: yeah you can make you can make that case and yes yes because he because he kind of relates yeah he cuz he in his own way he can relate to every everybody that he has to deal with on different levels that he you know he's not really on. He's certainly not on anybody's level other than maybe Black Widows when it comes to power. He certainly can't relate to you know the intelligence of Banner or Stark or raw power of most of the others. But yet, but he, but because of the humanity that he brings to the table, he's able to have. You know, he is able to relate to all of them and tie them together. Yeah, because so his
0: that, his wife says because he says you know these people don't need me or whatever, and she says you know I think I think the day the Avengers don't need you is the day that they're in trouble. You know what I mean? She says right. something. I can't because I've only seen it once. But she says something like that, right? Yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah,
1: because 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 he yeah he makes I think he makes some comment about I know what you're going to say like they don't need me or what, what what how do I fit in with you know how do I fit in with them basically. you know and and then she says yeah that you know that I, I, no I think they I think they really do need you and and, 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 and like you said kind of like where you what you said after that that yeah they, so they they do a good job with that I didn't I I kind of could see the band. In a way, the banner and the you know the uh, Scar Jo thing is Black Widow. I could kind of see that, even though I know a lot of people, as we know, uh, Chris Evans and Renner got themselves into <laughs> in trouble with their little jokes about Scar- about uh, Black Widow and her and her patterns of. Of kind of like working her way through the Avengers, even though that's much more in the comic books than it is so far in the movie. Which is which
0: is bullshit. They shouldn't have gotten in trouble for that. Yeah, yeah, I I I, I I, I,
1: first of all they're kidding around, and we and we know in the in the world of political correctness that we live in, you can't make a joke about anything anymore. But based on the comic books alone, it's not like they're wrong. I mean, and it's not like she even isn't even as her character in the movie. She obviously part of the reason she is able to do what she does is by using her looks and her figure to get you know to take advantage of. But that's not saying what she did, you know, because let's be honest, they never really have fleshed out entirely what her relationship was with Barton though we you kind of think it was something more i think i I doubt anybody really thinks she had you know she was really completely physical with Steve based on Steve <laughs> yeah so but either way she she has she has different is i think if the criticism from a storytelling point of view about that is just that we already know from backstory and then seeing a little bit of it play out during the first movie that she has a that she has a bond with with, with barton and we saw in winter soldier that she now fully has a bond with cap that then they had the thing with you know the hulk come out because it seems out of the blue but then again we they also went out of their way not to show us the hulk since the first move since the first avengers i don't have a problem with it i think it kind of was cool the way they could kind of relate to each other um it was good so I, I I I was fine I, I was fine with that um, I thought the Hulk I thought the Hulk was pretty cool in this movie it, it was it is kind of unfortunate but we know Scarlet Witch did have pretty good mind powers so I guess it's not that surprising that she was able to put a hex on on Banner and get him to to do what he did as you know during the Hulk Buster armor scene which is pretty cool. That whole part was cool, and the fact that the Hulkbuster armor was essentially, you know, more or less it was designed by Banner to, for, just in case he he goes off the deep end, you know,
0: <laughs> Veronica.
1: So yeah, that was.
0: A lot of people said that the 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 Hulk Black Widow relationship came out of nowhere and wasn't really resolved by the end. I don't believe so. I think if if Banner and Natasha had an actual relationship then I would say yes. But more it was...
1: <sighs> Heavy flirtation. I know. Yeah, some kind of emotional connection. Yeah, there,
0: there, there's something deeper than surface level there that they both felt but was never acknowledged. Now, if it was acknowledged, if it became a relationship, then yes. But it was more like... <sighs> it's more like you're back in middle school or high school and there's something there between you and somebody else but neither of you pulls the trigger for whatever reason whether you're scared or just not sure what other people will think or you're really not sure how the other person feels or you know whatever it may be i just kind of think that that was that was there like they both felt something they both kind of acknowledged that there was something and there was a lot of flirting and there's a lot of banter and and whatever but for whatever reason it was never and i hate to use the word consummated because i don't mean it physically um but for lack of a better term there was never anything consummated so it's not like i felt like that was some like a plot point or or a relationship that was just dropped off the edge of a cliff by the end of the movie because there was never anything really there to begin with
1: yeah it wasn't concrete it was yeah. it hadn't it hadn't set yet let's put it that way Yeah, there may have been a foundation that they were laying but it had never set before yeah, before we got before we got to the before we got to the end of the movie.
0: What about uh, the what about the controversy about Black Widow? Which part? The whole. First of all, it's it's because of his track record with women. It's I just find it ridiculous that people are saying that Joss Whedon was being sexist the way he treated uh, the women in this movie. Um, but outside of that, uh, I think the controversy about how dark things went when they revealed Natasha's history. Like how they sterilized her and stuff like that.
1: I, I don't know. That didn't, that didn't faze me that much. I, as far as I didn't, I didn't take it, I didn't take it anything more than a plot point. It would make sense based on her background and where she was coming from and everything. You know, physically, as in where she where she was raised and everything. That's that would would that really be shocking that, that act something like that actually happened? No,
0: and, and I know that this was a darker Avengers movie. And I'm not saying it took me out of the movie, but I did I don't know, I guess notice it more when Natasha said that. Like it wasn't it wasn't like it was out of left field or anything, but it, for lack of a better term, when she said that, it kind of got more real. And I guess I guess technically that's the point, but it's just like, you know, things got a little more intense. You know what I mean? A little more tense than I was ready for, not that I was comfortable with a little more tense than I was ready for at that point. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> no. I, yeah. I obviously and they use the vi, you know the uh, visions that you know Wanda gave everybody as kind of like a gateway to that. And of course, you know, S- Steve's vision was not as dark. You know, it was not as, Which we kind of knew by the previews it was wasn't going to be. I like I like the fact that I I like you know it's really funny when you when you watch both those movies back to back there was like some jokes and things that you that you were able to pick pick up on instantaneously like uh i think with cap refers to the you know the getting sleepy line or whatever to uh with thor i think there's a i think there's a follow-up to that in ultron relating to the to the first and just i just some of those things just when you see both of the movies back to back it just some of these things are str- just or even you know funnier like with when scarlet witch is about to kind of put the hex the mind control over hawkeye and and he puts that And he slams that thing into her head, like kind of like been there, done that. Don't like it. (laughs) Yeah. That that was that that was that was that was kind of cool. Quick. Um. Let's see. Uh. And I did. I like I said. The vision, of course, was awesome. Uh. From a storytelling point of view, I think they did kind of they did kind of partially follow his origin from the point of view that Ultron really was the one. You know, that basically created the body at least. And I guess they, because of the the struct the structure of having Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver be allies of Ultron to start with, and then turn on him, I guess they really couldn't do the same with the Vision in this movie to make it, you know, to make it have any impact. But in a way, from a looking at it, just knowing the knowing the the original origin of the Vision and how the, he interacted with the Avengers, I guess if I had my choice, it would have been cooler to have him be constructed to be a bad guy, and then he. Based on and his inherent nobility, he's the one who does turn on Ultron, as as opposed to Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver being the ones that kind of like jump ship when they realize, hey, he's he's gonna wipe out everybody, not just the Avengers. Mm-hmm. So, uh,
0: we haven't really talked. I mean, I know we've mentioned them, but Scarlet Witch and and uh, uh, Quicksilver. Quicksilver. Yeah, um, I I enjoyed it. I really I really like that the. That they kept the brother-sister thing, and and I, and I know that it's not like they were going to get rid of it, or there was any real danger of them getting rid of it in the first place, because it's so unique to what we've already seen. Um, just that family aspect coming into it. Um, but I really like how they played it in the few scenes we did see them together in. Um, I think that they kept it... Uh, now okay you got to understand guys i i am not a huge marvel guy i love the universe i love a lot of the characters i know a lot about the characters more than the average person but i know the dc universe a whole lot better than i know the marvel universe however i have had some interaction with the comics of the marvel universe uh a little more than the average person uh average comics reader that is And to me, the Wanda-Pietro relationship, not all the time, but sometimes comes off really creepy. And I don't want to say incestuous, because I think that kind of crosses a a line I don't mean to cross. Um,
1: Though I think it has been written that way in the past. Yes, it
0: it, might have been. But but in the storylines where it's not out and out incestuous, it's sometimes still got a creepy bent to it. And I'm glad that this was more of a traditional brother sister thing. I think Wanda and Pietro work better that way. Now, can they be misguided? Uh, and can they be vindictive and vengeful and even evil sometimes? Yes, that's fine. But their devotion to one another still doesn't change. You know what I mean? They can be on the wrong side. You know, they could be. You know, like they were in this movie. They can be on the on on the side of of Ultron and this this bad bad person but you still identify with them a little bit regardless of what side they are of the table they're on because of their love of one another family wise. Um, and I thought that was played really well. Um, I definitely think those actors work better as brother and sister than they do as a couple, AKA Godzilla. Godzilla. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but like, uh, and we haven't mentioned it yet and obviously we've been doing spoilers this whole episode it's not it's not really a shock to anybody but when quicksilver dies it's not just <gasps> it's, it's, it's yeah it's 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 not it's not just the scene with him and and hawkeye but it's also i mean seriously it was elizabeth olson's her name yes that scream of pure anguish and release of power i was just like holy crap like you could feel it whether it's props to her tapping into some emotion from her personal past as an actress or whatever or she's just that good of an actress or or whatever whatever the case may be you felt like you felt her loss you know what i mean yes and that was really well done uh, now, obviously, I, th- I think like everybody else thinks that Quicksilver's coming back by the time you know uh, at least Infinity War two is over, uh, that somehow him and maybe some other characters that have died in the, in the the time in between have will, will all be back. But uh, I, th- so it's it's uh, and I don't know if that's just comic book <laughs> naivety, like everybody dies and everybody comes back. But I definitely think Quicksilver will be back, um, and. I'm definitely curious because now the new team is uh, it's Vision, Cap, Black Widow, War Machine, and Scarlet Witch, right? Am I missing it? Falcon. No, Falcon. There we go. Uh, is the new team. Um, uh, so I'm curious because we never really saw Wanda not in action after Pietro died. You know what I mean? Right. Right. I'm curious to see because the the same way the same way people say uh, man of steel the jarring scene between Cal breaking zod's neck and then suddenly going to that comedy scene of him crashing that that drone in front of a general like we didn't see Clark's grief over having to kill somebody. I think the same the same thing plays here obviously not as intense because we went from severe devastation and murder of <laughs> of of Zod by a man who's not supposed to kill uh, to comedy as opposed to you know her brother dying and then the aftermath of of some action um, I'm just as curious to see. How Wanda reacts to no longer having, because I I told you like like I said a second ago that you could really feel the bro sis connection between these two characters, and I'm curious to see how how no longer having that connection, that level of closeness with someone like Pietro, just being gone from her life and taken from her affects her going forward,
1: and it'll be just as curious to see who she ends up bonding with
0: vision probably of course i would
1: say based, yeah on one level you would think i mean again not based on history alone that you would you would think that the vision is a natural because of but also but that's something you would think as far as the closeness you would think that would develop a little more over time just because it's going to be a little more awkward for probably for both of them at that point but but then you look at if you look, t- you look at the the new core team that we're left with at the end of the movie, and then you figure out who, I mean, I guess you could say there could be a relationship. It could be like a mentor re- relationship with Cap, you know, because they they kind of you know Cap you know, on that level maybe maybe Scarlet Witch could. take – I mean, us. Uh, I keeps getting saying that because of Scar- Scarlet. Uh, uh, Black Widow could take her under. Her wing a little bit on on a you know from a girl to girl point of view so uh, it'll be those are the only ones based on this current team that you would think you I don't really see Falcon so much I don't really see don't really see War Machine and War Machine is interesting unto itself because in a way even though we actually got to see War Machine in the final battle though we you know the Falcon Falcon kind of got screwed but. It's interesting because War Machine's in the group, but then it opens the door to, to what we think is going to happen once we get to Civil War and who's going to split along whose lines. Hmm. Because you would naturally think he'd be more prone to go with Tony.
0: But now he's getting close one-on-one time with Cap. Cap, And yes, since so Cap is a leader.
1: Yeah, you don't you don't know because you you have to assume that even though this is the new team and Cap is the leader, you have to assume or else it wouldn't be that much of a challenge. Or that much of a it would be a challenge, but it wouldn't be as interesting if everybody in the new team would automatically side with Cap. So you would have to think that there's probably going to be some kind of divergence there, and then you got to look at... But it actually, gets quite interesting, because then it leaves some kind of uh, wild cards, because, yeah, you could see the vision maybe going to... siding with Tony, maybe, maybe, just from the co- just from the point of view of seeing the, the good that... Having everything out in the open, if you will, and every, having more oversight might be something in theory the vision could could get on board with more.
0: Yeah, it, for the record, guys, do you mind if I say this because it's come out what possibly the plot point for a civil war is? Oh, about the yeah, it's it's not the superhero registration act. No, cause it, which it,
1: makes which would make, which would make no sense in the more Marvel uni- yeah cinematic okay. universe because almost nobody has a secret identity.
0: Yeah, so so guys. I apologize if you guys don't want to hear. us, So maybe skip forward a minute or two. I don't know, but um, so it, rather than it being the Superhuman Registration Act, uh, and you know people having to register with the government and everything, supposedly another um, big event happens. A big battle happens uh, in the opening scenes, or you know, opening half of Civil War. And, you know, kind of like the, the battle between uh, Hulkbuster and Hulk and, you know, something where there's a lot of either civilian casualties or destruction of property or, you know, something along those lines. And rather it be, than it being the Superhuman Registration Act, it is more of there needs to be government oversight so that someone can tell the superhumans when to step in. You know, th- in other words, right. the, the government tells them when and where to go. The Avengers don't pick their missions,
1: right? Kind of along, a, in a way, kind of a, in which the foundations of that have kind of already been established, based on you know the you know going back to the first Avengers and even Winter Soldier with the yeah. Council trying to control everything. So it's kind of like an extension of that, where where they the the governments of the world essentially, or the people controlling the world, if you will, are kind of following the Illuminati concept that the Council in a way was kind of supposed to represent the idea that we need to rein these people in and we basically, we need to, basically they need, we need to put them in the pen and we get to, we get to decide when we're going to release them and and where. And, and so those are going to be, that's going to be the, the line of demarcation where you're going to have, you know, the Tony Stark side, which you assume is going to be on board with that Mm -hmm. because he, which makes sense based on his personality in the movies too. This Ultron program was just a further extension of that, of trying to protect the world essentially from itself. And then you have cap who's already kind of been established in the movies that he's, you know, he's definitely anti uh, too much government intervention or oversight, and and even the line in this movie that we had talked about previously from the leaked footage about that every time you try to, you know, win a war before it starts, people die. Yeah. You know, so the idea that that he's he would definitely be against that, and so then you're going to have people falling in line behind the different philosophies, and then it's going to be.
0: Yeah, I definitely, I definitely see uh, Rhodey, and I definitely see. Uh, uh, Falcon falling in line behind Cap, Uh, and it's funny. I I didn't think about it until you mentioned it, but now I absolutely think Rhodey's going to be on uh, uh, Cap's side as opposed to uh, Iron Man's. Just just for the pure soldier aspect, you know what I mean? Like that is that is
1: true. That is true. That is that is another that is along with Falcon. Yes, that's another that the, the the soldier, the brothers in arms concept of knowing what it's like. Kind of the same way Cap and Thor. The same way you would know Thor would be on Cap's side if Thor was in this movie, which he's not supposed to be. <laughs> right, and, if and Thor would. Yeah, go ahead. yeah,
0: and it, I mean, and, and we've already seen Rhodey go toe to toe with with Stark, you know, and and Iron Man 2. you know, disagree fundamentally on things. So there is that.
1: But but then you look at the team, and then you got to one and again. Other well, because like I said, you could see the Vision possibly going with siding with Stark. But it's hard to see Scarlet Witch siding with Stark based on their background.
0: Yeah, um, and unless I, she's I, so
1: enthralled by the vision at that point that sh- that she'll go that she'll go where he goes or
0: whatever. And the gut reaction he her. the gut reaction would be would be to say Black Widow ends up on Cap's side too because they both went along the they both right. went through Winter Soldier the same way. Um, however that puts the majority of almost everybody on Cap's side. So who's on Stark? So well, you still
1: have, you still have Ant-Man because ant Man's supposed to be, I think be part of the team I yeah. think, by winter soldier or in the events of winter soldier. So Ant-Man's another one. You could definitely, I think see him siding with, I think you could see him siding with Stark or at least maybe based on his, you know, his ties to Pym, then maybe you could see him siding more with the, more with the, the Stark side of, uh, uh, Plus, we'll have to see how the events of Ant-Man play out to see maybe that would make it more sense that, that Paul Rudd's character would want to be... And if he's, would want.
0: if he's in Civil War, I could see Banner siding with, with Tony purely because Banner's like, you know, I, I have no control when I'm in Hulk mode, so yeah, it's, it's having someone yeah, ba- aim yeah, the gun. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Ba- ba- Banner, just because of what he knows he can he himself could do and what he has seen himself, you know by proxy, do already in the past, that he would absolutely... You know, what, you know, what was the whole idea about them building? You know, Veronica building the Hulk Buster was because they might need it because he might be out of control one day. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's which is probably the primary reason Thor and Cap aren't. I mean, Thor and Hulk aren't going to be in this movie because you know that first of all they would. If they ever were to go on the same side, which they wouldn't, but that would completely tilt the power and it'd be over. <laughs> yeah. But if you put them on the opposite side, that'd be they'd have to duke it out again, which would be great under different circumstances. But that's probably why it's just we've seen been there, done that. So that's probably one of the reasons why. Plus, Banner's probably going to be literally, you know, since he's since he's kind of left left out there, kind of like again being parts unknown fate unknown, doing what he wants for a while, not keeping a low profile, that he probably wouldn't be showing up anytime soon to uh, get involved in that again.
0: Well, let me ask you this. Um, In the end of the movie, we see... Towards the end of the movie, we see Hulk go off and do his own thing, like he flies away in the Quinjet. There are two options here, and you tell me which one you think it is. Is it Banner is gaining control of the Hulk slowly, or is Hulk developing his own personality? Because it's been both ways in the comics before, too. Yes. So is it a split personality thing where once he tr- Banner transforms into Hulk, they're two different people? And now that Banner has become the Hulk purposely more and more and more, and there's been more Hulk exposure, that Hulk is now developing his personality... Or is Banner slowly gaining control of himself when he's in Hulk mode? That's a good
1: question. That's a really good question because you could really make a case for both. You really could. I mean, obviously obviously, it's safe to say, and even it was hinted at to a certain extent, it was hinted at at the end of uh, the Incredible Hulk movie with Norton that he was starting to gain more control over the change and things like that. And based on the results we've seen in the first two Avengers movies, we obviously know that while we've seen in both movies, we've seen that him be able that he's not he's not 100 percent in control of the transformation all the time because he can be triggered or or mind controlled, especially one way or the other to help, you know, to bring to bring out the Hulk. And And then under those circumstances, he doesn't he seems to not have any control over him. But we've also seen tons of ex- many examples, and it's implied more than we've seen on screen of examples of him transforming into the Hulk on purpose, him doing the right things, and fight you know knowing having enough control, or him and the song, him and the song, new word, him and the Hulk being in sync enough, I mean, simpatico enough that they're able to basically be on the same game, have the same game plan, to know who you're supposed to be fighting with and who you're supposed to be fighting against. That's a tough one. I would. Pro- I would probably say, I don't know. If I had to pick a side, I might say that he was gaining more control of the Hulk, but I, I think you could just as easily make, make the, you know.
0: Because most of the evidence of him gaining, uh, of the side of him gaining control of himself when he's the Hulk is his attraction to the same people. But you can be two different people attracted to the same woman. You know what I mean? so and and
1: yeah, it could be like a f it could be like a fog like a, like like which in the comic books happen happen quite often that you know there is that he doesn't remember why he likes this person or he's drawn to this person is because it's it is basically part of it is kind of like a, or like a almost like a third option where it's kind of like yeah. well attraction is, is instinct
0: it, it, for the most part
1: yeah it is it's part of he may be drawing his Marching orders, or what he does, what he what he doesn't do, inherently from from you know. From Banner, but he's just not. But it's not Banner. But he's not consciously Banner. That like he doesn't know that he's Banner. He doesn't know why he's he likes her or why he's fighting with them. He just knows that it's right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's 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 a tough it's a tough one. Like I said, it could be one. It could be either or, or it could be like we like I said, it could just kind of like be a merging of the two the two ideas that he's not entirely in control, but the Hulk. Is, but the Hulk's personality is is not entirely his own either, and he's drawing from Banner's memories and his feelings. So
0: yeah. And I, I've got two other things to talk about off the top of sure. my head, um, and I don't want to. Do you want to tackle the humor aspects we remember from the movie, or do you want to tackle Ultron himself?
1: Given the choice, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll let you do. I'll let me do Ultron, and and we I'll you know, obviously, I might, I will have probably things to add about the humor too, because we've alluded to it. Uh, Ultron. It bothered me that Ultron was so bad so quick. I know he was kind of like I. I know he's supposed to be like this little kid in a way, and you don't you didn't know what, necessarily would know what you were dealing with when you were you know trying to suck stuff out of the uh, uh, the gem and everything the AI in it, but it seemed like you know he went real bad real fast, and what and why and he may have been evolving to a certain extent intellectually. It was more like a physical of evolution that he was going through. It's not like he didn't seem to change a huge amount. But, he, but he like it was almost instantaneous that he was born and he was born bad. And I kind of think, and I I almost wish it was again going back to the idea of the of the peacekeeping pro, pro program that they had been you know experimenting with. That maybe it would have been cooler to to kind of see Ultron in the beginning, you know, a a version of Ultron in the beginning leading leading the Iron Legion or whatever, and then and then kind of like seeing him seeing at least what the original version or con, concept was. And then once he gets in flux with the AI, kind of have a little bit of time. And I know you're pressed for time, you know, in the narrative and what you have, you know, the amount of time that you have to tell the story. But it just seemed making him go bad so quick, kind of like, in a way, kind of lessened the depth that he had, even though, yes, he was, he was intelligent. And I liked that he waxed poetic and he quoted the Bible and different things like that that were pretty cool about him. And so and the and and the humor hum- you know and kind of tying into the other thing the humor was fun you know related to ultron was funny too like talking about the vibranium about having having this having this all precious metal and they make a frisbee out of it <laughs> 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 referring to cap shield you know it, it's th- i mean th- things like that I are mean, just yeah there's just there's just a lot of but I, I think i liked ultron i wish they had done more with him and I kind of. in the relationship between Ultron and Vision was cool. But I think, again, if they had had a functional relationship before the Vision turned good, I think it would have been cooler too. But.
0: I think my main problem with Ultron, I don't even know if it's a problem because it's not like I've minded it. But based on some promo images I had seen and some. Uh, uh, you remember the original teaser of. Age of Ultron where it's a bunch of voiceover and you see Iron Man's helmet get smashed into Ultron. You know what I mean? you remember that?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one they did at the Comic-Con. Yeah 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That was just yeah, hinting at how Ultron was going to be built kind of in a way. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I expected Ultron to be more... look more like he does in the comics. And he looks vastly different in the movie. However... I think the personality they gave Ultron in this movie, um, while evil, but I'm just talking about the humor, the the dry wit, the you know what I mean. I think right. I think if you gave that exact personality, exact voiceover, and put it in a more classic-looking Ultron, it wouldn't work. Like if you have classic Ultron, you have to have vindictive pure i mean it's not like this Ultron wasn't evil but i'm just talking pure remorseless you know just scum of the earth just absolute out and out demonically evil robot if you ha- if you went more classic Ultron look you know what i mean just right. cold emotionless robot uh, you would have to do that with 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 a classic looking Ultron um, so while while it makes sense the way Ultron looks in the movie compared combined with the way he acts, that works. I was a little disappointed to not see classic Ultron in this movie. And I don't know if it was the trailers, but the way in, in and I and I'm not including his eventual his trying to get into the Visions body. Um, I kind of expected there to be more stages of Ultron.
1: I did too, and I think related related to what you said about the idea of seeing classic Ultron, I thought there were at some points they were hinting towards that maybe by the end we were actually going to see more of the classic look on of Ultron, which kind of got me excited at one point, like I think one of the times when he was talking to Wanda and the body that he was talking to gets destroyed and, and by the new body that comes up behind it that I think they I thought they were kind of building towards where you might get a reveal of a classic looking Ultron that maybe they hadn't even shown us before, uh but yeah.
0: Yeah, so that's really all I have to say about Ultron. Um, it didn't. But it didn't. The humor. The
1: humor was, but the humor related to Ultron again, and this kind of like segues us into the other one. It was really funny, like even at the end when he's like pretty much all beaten, beaten to hell, and it's like uh, with the benefit of hindsight, <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or or when he's just when really he's flying away, and the and the Hulk just lands in the plane here, and he's he like like oh for God's sake or whatever he says. <laughs> Yeah, for either that, a fall of a god or whatever he says, and all of a sudden he just it's the Hulk when he just lays into him. Mm. It's like yeah. So the humor really worked well with Ultron, and like you said, that base that kind of work taking it in that taking it down that road of giving him more more of a developed personality that he wasn't just really truly robotic and cold calculating, almost like in a Terminator kind of personality way. That he was kind of that he was that he definitely again it's like like it's like the 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 line that he that he threw out to to claw that Tony Stark line about like make you know I make my friends rich and my enemies rich and find out which is which or something like that that just the fact that he, little things that he he not know that he has from that he's gotten from Tony Stark that are in him that kind of play into and like and like I think like Wanda I think it was Wanda who mentioned the fact that his you know Ultron, you know, in in his own way, is trying to protect the world, and he, but he doesn't really realize how he's going about it is horribly wrong. And it's like, where do you think he gets that from? He's getting that from Tony Stark's personality. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, Some of the comic thing, and and, and, so go ahead, let's talk about humor. Yeah, some of the humor things. um, Let's see, uh, Stan Lee um when when uh, they're at, excelsior you know, when they're at the party and basically stan lee challenges them to a drinking game <laughs> thor's like all right well here you go and the next thing you see is <laughs> stan being escorted out of the party saying excelsior uh that was cool same same party scene uh uh tony and uh and uh thor debating (laughs) debating who's the better girlfriend and (laughs) at the very end you know they they seem to be cordial about it like they're not really trying to compare notes but then at the very end (laughs) uh thor goes but jane's better (laughs) uh uh which by the way and it's not like there's much of a discussion here but i kind of got the feeling that tony and pepper are going through a rough patch like they're split like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I'll have to watch the movie again, but I kind of got a self-cue from Tony, like, this is a topic I don't want to discuss kind of a thing. Um, but we'll get around to it. I'll, I'll see again and, and see if that was really there, if I was just imagining it. Um, what were some of the other humor points? Um, oh, uh, Haw- uh, Hawkeye saying something about killing uh, Pietro. Like after after Pietro came, yeah, no, no one would know.
1: It's like I, I could, no one would know. <laughs> huh? No, like when he, yeah, when 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 he goes behind him and he goes, I could just do it. I could just take the
0: shot. No one would know. Yeah, no one. <laughs> yeah, that that was that was pretty. It was pretty hilarious. Um, it was there was there was a couple others. Um, Oh, the, the the language thing throughout.
1: Yeah, the language thing in the beginning was was was, was funny.
0: Well, it was throughout the movie. I mean, yeah, well, it's it like know, nobody's going to let this go, are they? <laughs> and, then,
1: and then 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 at the end, it's like like Fury, you son of a bitch! And like, do you kiss your mother with that mouth? <laughs> <laughs> Not for a long time, thank you. Bring up more bitter memories, you bastard! <laughs> uh,
0: oh, oh, when uh, Hulk uh, was going up against Hulkbuster Iron Man and. Iron Man kept punching him. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then Hulk spits out a tooth, looks over at his shoulder, and Tony goes, "I'm sorry." <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and the not and the not so subtle line when they're trying to find when. The- trying to find uh, black widow and and bruce at one point like you know playing like hide the zucchini are you or something like that
0: there was also uh, there was also the point where uh and it wasn't necessarily humor but i thought it was funny like when uh they were confronting each other in wakanda uh when uh and it was one of the clips that was released before the movie but <laughs> ultron's like yeah let me explain my whole evil plan to you yeah, and he blasts <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was cool um there were a couple other scenes I thought were, were pretty funny, but I just I can't remember them off the top of my head. Uh, can you remember any others?
1: I'm trying to think. The the frisbee thing was the one that struck me as really funny when, I, when I first heard it when it first started, just because, you know, it, it's it's not really that subtle. But again, if you you just have there for people who don't you know who don't pay attention to, even though they kind of alluded to it in the movie when 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 uh. Cap. They were talking about the vibranium, when, or alluding to the vibranium. And Cap, when Cap said, "I thought your father said that they had the you know that was all they used up all of it, or they had you know, that was all all they had." And then that the idea of the frisbee being you know direct reference to Cap Shield. Um, I'm trying to think.
0: Wasn't there okay? So after Vision is born, and after he picks up the hammer, they go into like prep mode before they face Ultron, and then. There's a, there's one point where, I think Tony is saying something to Thor or Cap is saying something to Tony or something like that, and Vision walks by and says something funny. I can't remember what he said. You know what I'm talking about though, right?
1: I think I know what you're talking about, but I, but off the top of my head, I don't. I'm not remembering that scene that much.
0: I just remember cracking up at that point. I just for the life of me, I can't remember what he said. <clears throat>
1: but yeah, but they. Just like the first movie, there's 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 a lot of there's a lot of humorous points in this movie. Uh, I like I like the fact when when Thor when Thor again related to humor when Thor and Ultron are fighting and Thor's quoting out "I am the son of Odin" and all the stuff and I'm running out of things to say or just stalling as he's stalling for the like the vision to come over and smack Ultron with the hammer. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, he's just all the platitudes he can throw he can throw out is like I'm running out of things to say. <laughs>
0: Yeah, seems like we're running dry on that. I guess last, but what better uh, way to end it uh, than to talk about the end credits? Um, so there was no final, like in you know, secondary credit scene. Um, there was just a mid credit scene, and it was. Uh, oh, before we get to that, what did you think of the uh, the credits? Not the scroll, but the credits where it was like close-ups of an ivory statue of them oh they were, they were
1: putting the pieces together of the statue you saw at the end at the end of every uh eh, i i i like the statue when they when you saw everything and once you got a better idea what they were doing it was kind of cool i you know i in a way part of me likes i mean it kind of was an extension in a way of what they did at the end of the first movie showing their, their equipment and everything i don't know i don't know mm,
0: it, it was kind of
1: yeah, it, it, it seem from a from a thematic point of view, it seemed kind of odd. I mean, it did you know, in a way, like yeah, treating them almost godlike in a way on some level because you're making a stat. I don't know. I'll have to watch it. Again. That part I'll pay more attention to. I think I did like the way they did the they did the credits in the first one better.
0: Mm. Um, uh, and then the credit, the final credit scene is we see uh, uh, some doors opening. Which, by the way, this is not Odin's vault. Uh, yes some,
1: that is supposedly true that it's not is that it's not the same glove
0: <laughs> uh, evidently there are two infinity gauntlets in the Marvel universe uh, and it's not like the the one from the Thor movie doesn't count and then this one has somehow since become it, it's the same one and has come into possession of of uh, of Thanos from Odin's vault like there are two infinity gauntlets uh, not necessarily two of each infinity gem just two two gauntlets. In the Marvel universe, um,
1: whether you're left or right-handed, yeah. you have an option. Yeah,
0: and uh, this you know multi-layered security door opens, and Thanos reaches in, grabs the gauntlet, puts it on, and says, "Fine, I'll do it myself." What did you think of that?
1: It was okay. I didn't think it was anything special. I was and partially. I mean, partially because it, it was already leaked. I mean, yeah. it, it, it had already leaked out. I mean, I hadn't seen the footage, but I had heard. I had heard what it was, um, but to me, that that's see part of the problem with with the mid mid credit scenes or the after credit scenes is there have been some really good ones and it raises the bar. So when you have something that's not
0: the first Avengers one comes to mind.
1: Oh, the Thanos, yeah, the Thanos reveal. Even the, even the shawarma thing was funny. But you go back to go back. You go back to the original Iron Man with Nick Fury showing up and talking about the Avengers initiative. You know, or even at the end of the Incredible Hulk with Tony Stark showing up and talking about we putting a team together, things like that. There are a lot of a lot of the after credit scenes have kind of raised the bar on some level. And I, and to me, I guess you could say this one did, but it's not like we already knew the Infinity War was coming. We already know what Thanos is going to be the villain. It doesn't really I don't know. I don't think it, I don't think it moves us that further along than we were. I mean, we knew at some point he was going to get the gauntlet, a gauntlet anyway, and, and he had and he had to get the stones. So I don't necessarily know that's <laughs> <laughs> not the kidney stones. Huh? He had to get the stones. You see, he had to grow a pair of stones <laughs> to get the stones. <laughs> now, to get off his ass and do it himself.
0: No, I think I think I, I think you're right. It doesn't add anything. At this, on the other hand, I think it was very cool. The, the only reason I think the original Avengers uh, uh, scene with Thanos is better is just because of the way it was done. Not necessarily the reveal of Thanos, which was in and of itself really cool, but what was said. You know, his little lackey said to something to the effect of, "to," uh, and I'll put it after the credits, I guess, uh, is um, to go to war with the humans is to court death which you know yes. Thanos literally that's, does in the Marvel Universe <laughs> he he is literally in love with the personage of death and is literally it's a woman and he is courting her. So having not not just having him say that, but having Thanos turn around and grin probably the same way a lot of fanboys were grinning just like ah, you know what I'm saying <laughs> you know that was that was it there was more to it there whereas. This was just visually cool as opposed to, you know, there is surface level and undercurrent level, something for us to get. You know what I mean? Um, I think this was akin to, uh, akin to the Guardians of the Galaxy scene with uh, yeah, Howard the yeah, Duck. But, I mean, uh, yeah, so, but, cool but ultimately this, useless.
1: This Yeah, even though, to be fair, this, this is probably more relevant. Rele- Relevant and useful than the Howard the Duck one. Even who I mean, who knows, maybe they'll make Howard the Duck. <laughs> maybe my guardian, Surrey, Howard the Duck, could be leading the team. <laughs> who the hell knows? <laughs> but yeah, I it was the like I said, it, it raised the problem is you raise the bar very high, and the Avengers is you know the creme de la creme of the Marvel movies at this point of their universe when they when they bring everybody together. So to have a mid credit scene, or or even if it had been an after credit scene, that's just eh, you know it. I don't know. Now, yes, we would have things that worked out differently, whether it was an after credit scene or whether it would have been towards, you know, with the original ending, we know if they hadn't kind of things that worked out differently as far as projects and con and agreements being made, then Whedon would have had, you know, Spider-Man and Ms. Marvel and things like that. Captain Marvel, whatever that they would have had. Those characters would in all likelihood have at least had appeared in this movie. If, if not in a cameo in the credit scenes, when they were putting the new teams together, mm-hmm. That he would have seen those characters because that's what he wanted to do to begin with. But so, but based on what we got, you know, it's okay. Um, It's. I think they're on. They have to be careful because they need to. I think they don't. They don't want to have too many of these after credit scenes or mid credit scenes that do nothing. You know. Yeah. That don't really. So I really hope, and this will kind of segue us into the one last thing before we wrap up because we should talk about box office too. I think, but Ant Man and what it does with its I think it's mid-credit scene or after-credit scene. I think it's kind of important, you know, whether it relates to Doctor Strange, whether whether it relates, it's got to segue into something relevant. I think, it, or something that at least it's coming down the road. Uh, whether it relates to civil, you know, could relate to Civil War, obviously, because what Ant Man is the first. It's, that's the last Marvel movie before Civil War. Right. Right. Civil, because Civil War is next year. Yes. Yes. So so a man you would think would would tie in somehow to maybe you know maybe it'll be him joining the avengers or something or somebody from the avengers coming to recruit him but it's got to be something of relevance i think that they're 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 on the border of making some of these scenes where they're not entirely irrelevant they're just not thrilling and they set the bar so high that when they were building the first phase of the cinematic universe i think they have to be I think they have to be careful and I think when you look at this movie in general that would be my that would be my concern from a Marvel point of view with with Ultron and this relates directly to the box office too at least domestically that it makes you you had a movie com you had a movie that was coming on the heels of the biggest opening weekend you know ever and the original Avengers did better than its tracking numbers indicated when that movie premiered Ultron was tracking much better than the original Avengers was tracking at the same time before the movie opened. Everybody was predicting this movie was going to break the 207 million dollar opening weekend record of The Avengers. And it didn't, and it didn't even come close to doing it. It actually it's opening day actually didn't even come close to beating Harry Potter's opening day. Harry Potter's opening day was 91 million something. I think Ultron only did 84, which is only like about 4 million dollars more than the original Avengers did. On its opening day, that the fact that this movie certainly domestically is not going to come anywhere close to what the original Avengers did. I mean, it's nowhere. It's it's like nowhere near. I mean, look, just looking at the ten-day total for this movie, it's almost like sixty million dollars, fifty million dollars in change behind the original Avengers. So there's something about this movie that didn't has not resonated the same way with the first and it would be different and under different circumstances you could look at sequels and go oh a lot of times sequels don't make as much money as the first but usually when the movie that came before it is super super popular the sequel is, when it comes out it's going to just take it to the bank you know right that it's going to what if I, and a good example of franchises going in opposite direction and I'll just throw this in because it just it kind of shows you how things trend Hangover did really really well, surprised people. People were really looking forward to Hangover 2. Hangover 2 came out and made tons of money, especially on in its opening weekend. Almost everybody hated Hangover 2. Hangover 2 killed that franchise even though it made tons of money. So by the time Hangover 3 was announced, people didn't give a shit anymore. So when Fast and Furious, after Fast and Furious 5 came out, when Fast 5 came out and did so well, they had no problem saying, "Oh, you know, Hangover Three is coming out on Memorial Day weekend. Their franchise is going to go is made a lot of money, but people hated that part. Or we just had a really super successful part, made more money than ever, and people liked it. We're going to go head to head with them on Memorial Day, and, and we don't care. And that and it it bared fruit because when when Fast you know when Fast Six or whatever came out, that just destroyed uh, Hangover Three over the week over Memorial Day weekend or whatever when it opened up a couple of years ago. So when movies do really, really well and people love it, the sequel is almost guaranteed, almost, you you can almost take it to the bank that the sequel is going to at least open higher than the first one. It may not make more in the whole run.
0: The best example. The best example would be the Sam Raimi Spider Man. Everybody thinks the second movie, for the most part, the second movie is the best movie of the three.
1: Yeah, but Spider Man three racked yeah, it up.
0: It, but Spider Man three is the highest grossing Spider Man movie of all Spider Man movies, and that one's the biggest bomb <laughs> in terms right. of quality.
1: Yeah, when it comes to yeah, when it comes to bomb. Office and some people, and just like we know, quality of movie does not equal box office results, and vice versa. But what some people can get confused is they say, "Oh, oh, this movie made tons of money, so it was popular." It made tons of money usually if it's a part of a franchise because the last part was popular, and then if people didn't, and then yeah So same thing with Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace made tons of money because it was the first Star Wars movie in whenever. And yes, Phantom Menace also had a benefit of having a sweetheart deal that the other Star Wars prequels didn't, where Lucas kind of like put the screws to all the theater chains and said, you have to have it for a certain number of weeks. You have to play it on your biggest screen for a certain number of weeks. So that contributed to it. But people didn't like Phantom Menace that much. So no matter matter how good Attack of the Clones was or wasn't going to be, it was not going to make as much money because people were disappointed. So the tends to be, in franchises, that tends to be how... Ha- Iron Man 3 kind of avoided that, because most people didn't like Iron Man 2 nearly as much as Iron Man. It kind of dodged a bullet, because Iron Man 3 was the first movie that came out after the Avengers. And people loved the Avengers. In a way, Iron Man 3 was just as much of a sequel because of Tony Stark's journey to the Avengers as it was to Iron Man So 2. So they kind of dodged a bullet there. But this movie, everything was tailor-made for this movie to just blow things away and I don't want to hear about some of these I mean some of the excuses people were trying to make were like yeah maybe the Pacquiao Mayweather fight had a small effect on the box office especially on the west coast maybe but people talking about all the Kentucky Derby the Kentucky Derby lasts like two minutes it's in the middle of the afternoon that's not going to have a dramatic effect on anybody on people who really wanted to go to the box office to see that movie when it came out And even the Mayweather fight you can make a case If they really wanted to see that movie in opening weekend, they either would have gone Friday or they would have gone Sunday if they couldn't make it Saturday night. It's, it's, you know, so it did not. It didn't open nearly as well as the first. It, you know, it dropped. It dropped pretty quickly. You had the original Avengers made 270 million its opening weekend, made over 100 million its second weekend. Ultron made like about 191, which is still good, very good in its opening weekend, but it dropped to 77 million, a little bit under 78 in its second week so that so this movie is i mean age of ultron is going to end up making a whole lot less domestically i don't know if it'll make any more overseas so the asian market you know that they haven't opened up in so there's a chance because i think ultron is like sitting at like close to 563 million worldwide not counting foreign a foreign box office alone like 563 million and the original did close to 900 million so I guess there's a chance, but I don't. I you know I think there's probably a slim chance that they'll that they'll come close. But Ultron's going to be no matter how you slice it, Ultron is going to be a box office disappointment from the point of view that it's not going to come anywhere close, certainly domestically, to the original. That has to be a disappointment, no matter how you look at it. It has to be a disappointment, and that's something Marvel has to be careful about because it's not like people didn't like it. But it could be a, a chink in the armor, no pun intended, that people that they have to look at and be careful about. That it, that, because it, it, if there was ever a movie that you thought was going to rack up the bucks, I mean, now you look at it and say, well, the movie that might beat the Avengers record for opening weekend right now, maybe it'll be Star Wars, you know, maybe it'll be The Force Awakens. But you would have thought it would be, it would be given that the event that Ultron was going to beat the opening weekend of the first movie, and it didn't, and it didn't, you know, and. And it didn't by a sizable margin, like about give or take like sixteen million dollars. So that has to make you wonder about it, and it, it has to make because I don't know how you could have one, you know, one of the most popular and biggest movies of all time and your in your sequel ends up not making. You know, it might end up making around Iron Man two, excuse me, Iron Man three money, which was still really good, but Iron Man three money compared to the Avengers money is nothing. Yeah, <laughs> certainly domestically, so. It's just something to look at. I mean, I think box office is important and, and whether, you know, whether reviews fact. I think the differences with this movie whether is that I don't think. And this comes back to my point about I think the original movie still. I think it still holds up. But even when it first came out, people enjoyed it enough and were getting enough out of it to want to go see it multiple times. Ultron. I don't think it's having that same kind of effect that people are. You're going to have as many multiple views by as many people, which is probably why the box office is dropping off as quickly as it is, and probably going to continue to drop off pretty quickly. So, but which doesn't mean automatically, like I said, that it's a, that it's an inferior movie. It's just something that's interesting, interesting to look at because I don't think you would have seen that coming. I think you would have expected, and who knows, maybe like we talked about. In previous shows, and maybe the marketing campaign for Ultron backfired on itself too. Maybe they showed people too much footage down in the last two or three weeks before it came out. Maybe they kind of shot themselves in the foot about some of the enthusiasm um, people had towards this movie because maybe they literally said, felt, started feeling like, "Hey, we're practically seeing the whole movie," you know. But yeah. that's just me.
0: All right. Anything else for uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron? Um, I'm trying to think.
1: I don't want to I hate when I leave out something and then it's like, oh, I didn't. Uh do 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 do. I th- I did like I don't want to you know, I don't want to come across like I didn't like it. I did like it. I think again part of it was I did have high expectations for it. I, I, I thought Ultron would be more of a physical threat too, than he was on many levels. You know, it was his it was he you give you give credit, you know, the, the idea of using kind of using the vibranium to kind of like try to more or less recreate the whole dinosaur extinction process was kind of clever, because <laughs> I didn't really see that coming. The I, it's like, okay, he's lifting the city, so what the hell is that going to, you know, what's what's the point of that? <laughs> and then you realize the whole point was he was trying to lift it high enough, you know, with, with the mass and everything else, to just to try to have like an extinction an extinction level event. Yeah. When he crashed it to Earth to accomplish his goal, so that was kind of, that was that was kind of clever. I just didn't something about the battle, the final battle again, to me just didn't seem as cool. Even though Ultron bots should have been more cool than Chitari. but
0: yeah,
1: but it's a good move. But it was it was it was good, and hopefully. You know, again, this was going to be a difficult one. As popular as the first movie was, in a way, it was going kind to of be hard to match that. And plus, people were really going to be looking forward to the Infinity War. So, in a way, this film was kind of stuck in a place where you, I guess, you could understand why there could be some back—not necessarily backlash—but there could be some little less enthusiasm for this. So, I think to be fair, you know, Whedon was kind of in a tough spot trying to not just recapture Lightning in a Bottle, but kind of bridge the gap towards the infinity war, which I do think will be in good hands. Certainly if the Russos did a good job with winter soldier and if it, and if civil war turns out to be really, really good, I think, I think a lot of people will be super, super pumped even more so for the infinity wars because of the fact that they would have had two really successful movies under their, you know, on their resume, under the wings there. And they, which were, which would not have just been simple cat movies, you know, because there were a lot of characters in both of the cat movies that they would have done. So yeah,
0: all right, and before we do the closing, I posted on Facebook uh, that we were going to be covering this tonight. We only got two responses, but it's worth reading. Um, Corwin says, loved it. Marvel is doing a great job with converting their comics into a cohesive universe, i.e. Mind Jim hidden in the staff. Better than the first? Maybe not, but I'm not complaining. And then Juan says, good movie. Now let's see if Ant-Man can be good, too. And that's
1: relating to Ant-Man. You know, as we as we wrap up again, kind of kind of ties into the box office in a way. If you're Ant-Man, you still have to be a little bit nervous now because you don't. You really wonder if there's going to be a really really sizable Avengers bump for Ant-Man, especially since there's like nothing in nothing in Age of Ultron kind of pointed or hinted towards Ant-Man or anything. That there's no natural tie-in. I guess you you hope now that they and maybe this is partially why they announced it. Maybe when they did that, the announcement that that Paul Rudd is going to be in Civil War, maybe that's kind of like upping the ante for people to say, "Oh yeah, see that Ant Man really is super important now to what we're everything going forward." But I think if you're Marvel, you may be a little bit more nervous now about 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 Ant Man's overall long term success. Again, it should have a, should do fine for an you know its opening weekend, no matter what but you do wonder maybe that that the Avengers bump is not going to be as strong, at least for Ant-Man, as it might be if it was for if Civil War was the next movie coming out, or Iron Man 4 with the next movie coming out after it.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, do you want to go ahead and do the closing?
1: Sure. You can email us, lanterncast at gmail.com, lanterncast at gmail.com. Please visit our website, lanterncast.com. Check out our new episode posts, our Ring Cyclopedia episodes, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, you can, we're on iTunes and Stitcher, so please feel free to find us on both. And like us there. We're also on Twitter and Facebook. Use hashtag GLCast to find us on both. And last but not least, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, please call us at 708-LANTERN. 708-LANTERN! And let us know what you think.
0: All right, guys. Uh, Next episode is a big old crossover, and that's all we're going to say about that. (laughs) Uh, Don't worry. It's not going to be a month-long one. (laughs) No, it won't be. (laughs) All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Good night, everybody. Good night.